HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, a co-working and event space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Elena Santigate. So from Whole Foods to Murray's to owning his very own cheese shop, Aaron Foster is a rare breed. Monger turned owner. Boom, boom. Foster Sundry is located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, not too far from our studio at Roberta's, in fact. And Aaron is very much at the helm. I'm very excited to be hanging out with Aaron today in the studio and also looking forward to a new fun element here at Cutting the Curd. Listeners, Aaron will be joining the show as one of our rotating hosts in the coming months. Yeah. Aaron, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thanks for having me back <laughs> and inviting me on to be a part of the team. Yes, we're very excited. Uh, and okay, to get started, I wanted to share a few quick facts about Aaron's shop, Foster Sundry. Listeners, it's been open for three years. They have 15 employees. Major categories, Aaron, correct me if I miss anything here, but coffee, cheese, yes. butcher counter, there, fresh produce. Absolutely. Retail packaged goods, of Have course. lots of those, yeah. Prepared foods. Yes. And beer. And beer. Most importantly, some days beer. Yeah, yeah. Really clutch, clutch element there. And final quick fact, the business is profitable. Yeah, I didn't realize it is. It's true. <laughs> um, so, Barely, but we're there. Hey, you know, once you cross that line... You're, you're in a new realm. That's great. So is that a recent development? Pretty recent. Yeah. Um, three years in? Yeah, three years in. I would say sometime last year, we I think we were on the books profitable um, at the end of last, so what is that, 2016, the year of 2016, 27. So 2017, we, we showed a mm. profit. And then this year so far, we've been 
holding our own. I'm actually paying myself. I mean, if we're talking about the benchmarks right. of small business ownership, getting your uh, own, getting a paycheck for your own, getting time a paycheck, and effort, that's uh, pretty yep, huge. That that's a big one. That was definitely great. For and that both. was this year, 2018. Uh, that was this year for the first time. I did not pay myself a cent. I, you know, I'm sure I expensed. Uh, some beers and, and took home some steaks, but I did not actually pay myself okay. cash money right. until this past February. You're on the books. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we showed a profit last year, but again, I didn't I didn't take any, it wasn't any paychecks. Quite, it wasn't quite re- realistic in that Yeah, sense. this is something that a lot of small business owners have told me and, and were like, you know, until you're really doing that, you can't, you can't until cons- your business can fly on its own right. and... and make a living otherwise it's sort of phantom money right not quite sustainable not quite sustainable yeah so is that does that align with what you expected in terms of timeline for profitability it it kind of does um i would say that like the plans that i made in setting up the business um they more or less met my benchmarks, although I wouldn't say that they did it in the way that I expected them to. Mm. So like I thought we'd sell a lot more cheese. Um, but as a, as a pretty diverse shop with a lot of different products that we Mm -hmm. ticked off at the beginning, um, cheese is an important part, but it's certainly not our biggest like top line revenue driver. And you kind of went out the gates. I mean, your experience has been mostly cheese. You were a cheese buyer at Whole Foods. Aaron, mostly cheese foster. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I mean, that's what I call you. I may be made of mostly cheese. That's, I always thought that was true. I mean, I'm hoping it's all, yeah, I mean, that's, (laughs) it's mostly cheese. Uh, You can't see through the radio, but it is. Listeners, it is. So you thought it'd be more cheese. But it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty diverse. I think one area where we both failed and succeeded is that as a diverse, as a diverse shop, um, we have a lot of different revenue streams, hmm. different channels, which means when one drops, like people don't buy that much cheese in the summer. It's a hmm. sort of common, common cheese retail rule of thumb. Right. Um, but we sell a lot of burgers and sausages and iced coffee. Um, and that, that sort of covers that. And then when people are buying cheese in the winter, they're not buying as many hamburgers or iced coffees. Interesting. Um, so, so the variety really makes up for it. There. It does. The downside of that is that you've got, you have to have a lot more labor to make your shop work when you have all of these different sales channels. Yeah, you know, I was actually surprised to see that it was only 15 employees. I thought it was actually more. Oh, but well, you it really probably d- it feel does like depend on the day. <laughs> <laughs> it does depend on the day. How many people are working in the store right now? Right now? Uh, probably nine or ten. Oh. Well, it's after three, so yeah. this is... six or seven. Okay. But we had at least ten different people in there today. Okay. Wow. It's and a pretty average day. Yeah. How, from a staffing standpoint, is that was that an expectation of yours that you would have sort of a larger crew and that labor would be high, or did you quickly? We definitely realize? have more staff than I. I don't. One of the things I, I so I said I alluded to a, a success or a good part of of having a diverse product set, but yeah. the the downside is you need all the labor to cover that. Right. And so I did not probably did not give myself an accurate representation of how much, how many bodies I would need to cover the shop at Mm. any given time. Mm. I mean, we opened with a skeleton crew and I was everywhere there from six in the morning until after midnight every night for months. Those long days. It was brutal. How long did that last? I was at least, I mean, pre-opening, it was probably about six months and then post-opening probably at least another six months. And then it was still seven days a week, but more like... Yeah, nine to seven, or so somewhat reasonable, right? And it was, it was. It's only this year and maybe late last year that I'm not working a cheese shift every day in addition to running the business. 
Mm. So you're not on the schedule in terms of floor position. I, I desperately try not to be. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Guard that, right? Oh, it's, it's... You need to. I need to. My, my life, my marriage, my whole, <laughs> my whole existence needs that. So on this theme of expectations, that's another one that I always have for people who do something, you know, bold and entrepreneurial and risky. It's like, you know, what did you expect your life to look like? And what like, does it look yeah, like? That's a great question. It, I think when you're when you're fir- doing it for the first time, you are, and I say that as someone who's working on opening a second shop. Mm-hmm. Um, more on that soon. More on that soon. I can't talk about it right now, but uh, I will share at some point. Um, I, you're full of excitement. You're full of this ambition and desire to do something. Most people open shops because they feel like they can do something better than other places they've worked or better than other shops they've been to. Is that why you opened a shop? I think a little bit. I mean, I've definitely, I've worked my fair share of jobs in cheese. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I've been like, I've worked, I've worked a number of jobs. Yeah. Um, I've been around, let's say that. Well, you opened a few locations for Whole Foods. I did. I opened two a few Whole Foods. Two different stores in Manhattan, right? Yep. And you were on the, I mean, you and were after that, early I crew for probably a half dozen other Whole right. Foods total. Ah, got it. Um, pretty early crew for Murray's relatively recently after they moved to the new location in right. the West Village. And there you were on, you were in retail and then on the buying team or did you go straight I to the I went right team? to the buying team, which is pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. I was probably one of the earlier hires that they've hired that didn't come up through go the retail through, ranks yeah. first. But they were just kind of getting big enough at that point where they needed someone with buying experience and mm-hmm. that you know, came into the place with experience instead of kind of get it on the counter. Right. Um, and buying from Murray's is a pretty sophisticated. Oh um, yeah. Nice gig. It's a nice gig, but it's, it's, it's a, it was a, a lot of products, uh, and a lot of, uh, cooks in the kitchen. Hmm. Yeah. The buying teams always been larger than I expected it to be there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I think the year that I left, it was probably purchasing something like, 10 or 12 million dollars in cheese or more yeah nice um no probably yeah significantly more than that actually so it's uh you know we had thousands and thousands and thousands of tons of cheese mm. Yikes. it's weird I, I was just i came across a you know facebook shows you those memories and oh yeah what you posted always, five years ago yeah, today yeah it's in the, a, a lot of times like why do, why do you do that why why, why <laughs> yeah oh huh. sticking an elbow in my ribs facebook. i don't want to see this um but it showed me a photo from the holidays there where i'm just sitting on a, a towering <laughs> pallet of manchego oh nice like it's you know my feet aren't anywhere close to the ground i don't know how i must have had a forklift put me up there it's that high yeah i don't know yeah maybe we'll post it to the heritage yeah i think the, we uh, have to now our listeners are going to be dying to see this. I think so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you came through all these things. But but in terms of, like, your motivation, what do right, you, yeah. like, how much of it was, you know, along the way you're thinking, mm, I would do it a little differently or, hmm, these people kind of suck? It's all, it's, it's a little bit. Of, I mean, it's, it's a mix of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's like, I think anyone who works for another person never a hundred percent agrees with that person. Mm -hmm. I I think that would be a really boring scenario. Um, not maximizing the situation in that case. Yeah, exactly. And if, and sometimes you get what you want and you get to make a decision and sometimes you don't, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I have definitely sort of 
worked for a lot of retail, a lot of distribution, a lot of wholesale. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty good understanding of how the supply chain worked and what things were supposed to cost. Mm. And I guess I just thought like, I I really enjoy the hospitality angle of it. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted a place where I could be like, this is mine. Welcome. Um, Let me show you kind of, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let me show you around. Let me taste you on the cheese that I'm excited about. Right. And not just like the ones that the Alto Adige, you know, <laughs> consortium tell, tells me that I need to sell that month or right. whatever. Right. <clears throat> now, it's funny you say that because when I describe your shop to people, I say, this is not a cheese shop. This is a hospitality business. And in terms of new shops in New York, we I'm not used to that. You know, I'm used to it at Gramercy Tavern. That's where I expect it. The first time I walked in your shop and experienced it that way, I was pretty blown away well i'm glad you're you don't say this is not a cheese shop it's on a rough corner you should be just aware of that before you go and no um i I mean it it, i'm not sure that it started out that way explicitly but definitely implicitly like one of the things i hate i mean a lot they say like about relationships it's not like we love all the same things but it's we hate all the same people is what makes a relationship really good (laughs) Um, interesting, you know, the perspective, (laughs) the, the thing with me that is, I've always hated a lot of cheese shops for being so snooty and pretentious. And I've hated butcher shops for being macho and Mm -hmm. chauvinistic, um, and wine shops for being, uh, you know, snooty and pretentious again. Uh, and I really just wanted to do something to subvert that. Yeah. Um, and I thought that I could open a shop where we could sell great cheese and carry it and do all the stuff that we need to do without making it intimidating for people. Yeah. It's, uh, I've always found that extremely frustrating and, and, um, you know, this assumption that the customer either doesn't know how to buy cheese. And so we just have to tell them what we think. Mm-hmm. Um, or otherwise for lack of a better word, mansplain cheese to people is, right. is offensive. Yeah. Um, Especially since taste is so subjective and people are going to like what they like and it's more about enhancing their experience and having fun with all of it, right? I've always, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've always felt that like the most sort of exhilarating part of owning a shop and of being a monger is telling the stories and putting people into cheese that excites them. Like it's a, I I sound like putting it that way. sort of makes it sound like I'm a used car dealer. Like we're going to put you in a, (laughs) you know, a used Mazda Miata. Wait till you see this. beauty. (laughs) She's a little rickety, but she'll get you where you're going for a great price. Um, And the smell might linger. (laughs) That's right. The smell does linger. Uh, But I, you know, I really think that like we have the right product. If you've got a great, well curated counter, um, you've got the right product for everyone and it's, it's a matter of kind of discerning, like discerning what kind of customer they are, but also asking the right questions mm. and being friendly and being open and being sensitive mm. to their, you know, to their level of knowledge and intimidation. You, you don't want to assume too much, but you also can't assume too little. Right. Um, and that's, I think what hospital, like great hospitality in general is mm. right. It's about anticipating need. Right. Um, and trying to make that process as seamless as possible. Totally. So like, you go to a fancy French restaurant like Danielle. The hospitality is is excellent and top notch, but it is extremely oppressive. And yeah, and also I don't know. I mean, I my husband and I drop crazy cash on on meals out, right? Oh, I wasn't sure where that was going. <laughs> well, we do, and <laughs> and sometimes we'll go to a place like Danielle, or like 
like super highbrow, French, fancy, supposedly the greatest hospitality. And the service isn't really applicable to us. Like forcing someone to wear a jacket or something. It's like, that's not the kind of customers we are, but we're still interested in the food and the experience. But yeah, there's something lacking or something awkward there. I always yeah. feel tremendously awkward. Like, I don't like to go to restaurants where I'm forced to wear a jacket. No, that annoys me. I think me. we're pretty much done with that after the last couple of experiences. I went to one recently, actually, Ugh. and uh, that was outside the city, and I was just so annoyed that I had, like, in the city, I feel like you can go pretty much anywhere and, and yeah. wear jeans. Yeah. And, you know, if they're a nice pair of jeans, you can get away with it. But I guess to bring it back to, to the shop, um, that, like, that's not an example of great, that's an example of, like, sort of, finely tuned hospitality yeah, like and also rigid and very rigid right. and very oppressive i like um you know for me i think gramercy tavern you brought up is just a great example that annie meyer restaurants the best. um you know uh, over the years have been have been really great at this mm-hmm. the idea is to be there be available show you that they care like my i'll i know we have to take a break but i'll give you an example with my staff no rush here um is my staff is totally like we, you know, I'm very, uh, very clear. No sweethearting, you know, don't like <laughs> make something less on the scale right. to, to give your friend a break or to give somebody a break. Right. But you are a hundred percent like welcome to, to give a discount or buy somebody a coffee or whatever it is mm-hmm. at the register hmm. and just say, Hey, we got this today. It's on us. Or I'm really sorry. We messed up the last time. Or I heard you didn't like the cheese you took home or Hey, it's your birthday or Hey, it's nice to meet you. I'm glad you brought your mom in on mother's day. Um, yeah, that freedom, like giving the staff that freedom goes a, a super long way, I'm sure. I think it makes them respect the like the process right. and understand that there's a point to it. Like we don't do coffee loyalty cards. Mm. I just don't believe in that because I think that it makes that hospitality experience extremely robotic. Yeah, it makes it transactional in a way that you... even though is a great word. Even though it is a transaction, it's, it's less natural, right? Instead, you know, we say like, keep you know, you know who your regulars are. Right. Um, ask them, and and I I'll do this all the time. I was like, hey, did uh, has anybody bought your coffee here lately? Hmm. And the person was like, what? And I was like, yeah. Have you has anybody given you a free coffee? And they're like, no. I was like, great. Here, I got your coffee. It's today. almost better that way because like it's surprises great and surprise. delights. Yes, yeah, exactly. Surprise and delight. Um, Thank you very much. And I mean, I borrow that phrase. That's a you know a common retail phrase, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Whole Foods. That was one of their core values hmm. for a long time, and. That that always resonated with it's me. It's a great value. I think the early Whole Foods, um, early Whole Foods counters were were more like that. Hmm. Um, but having that autonomy um, to be able to do that at the register, right? Um, Not having to ask a manager to do it. Exactly. Or, it doesn't. It um, it keeps it uncomplicated, and and we track it so I can see. Yeah. You know if it's and it's built into our model, so like I right. know that you know we're gonna lose two to three percent on sort of miscellaneous discounts every month. Hmm. And like, that's that's built into the model and has been from the beginning. That's great. And as long as that stays on the number that I expect it, then we're fine. So fun. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're gonna take we're gonna take that quick break now, um, and we'll be back in a moment for more cheese chatting with Aaron Foster of Foster Sundry and soon to be regular host here at Cutting the Curd. Yes, host with most. <laughs> I'd rather stay inside 
100 Bogart has made much progress over the past year since their grand opening. They are a growing community of professional freelancers, entrepreneurs, and startups. Their dedicated team guarantees you receive a productive and worry-free work environment. 100 Bogart is currently filling up their two-person to 12-person private offices. The spacious pop-up gallery, premier rooftop, and brand new full floor with terrace are available for your next event. Podcast rooms, conference rooms, and meeting spaces are also available for booking. 100 Bogart hosts events like art exhibitions, pop-up stores, product launches, and fashion shows. Heritage Radio Network is a proud member of the 100 Bogart community and often holds events in the building. Visit 100bogart.com to schedule a tour and learn more. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. This is your host, Elena Santigade, and I'm chatting today with Aaron Foster, local cheese shop owner and newest member of the Cutting the Curd family. Yeah, it's host to host right now. Yeah, now. yeah, we're host to host in the studio. Toe to toe, host to host. Uh, you know, curd sure. To curd, curd no? to yeah. cheese to... Let's just move on. Okay, so... <laughs> What's it now that I'm a host? Can we edit that out? What happened? <laughs> Our shows are live. Fair enough. Yeah, warning on that one. Watch out. Okay, so we've been talking about Foster Sundry and your experience and what you're bringing to this new three-year-old baby business of yours. Tell me, I want to kind of get hyper-detailed here for a second, because I really geek out on the human experience on a day-to-day sort of level. What is your daily schedule like at this point? Is it totally all over the place? Is it kind of the same day-to-day? Um, like, what are you doing with your time? What happens? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, right now, I would say for the last three or four months over the summertime, mm-hmm. it's been pretty... These days I cover maybe one or two actual shifts a week. Mm-hmm. Um, closer to one over the summertime, but next week it's going to be four or five because two of my managers are getting married to each other to each other that's yes. it's you know great to have love in the store but for the schedule just uh, bad for the schedule great for love uh <laughs> i'm just glad they're not taking a super long honeymoon i guess those are those shifts your uh wedding present yeah right those shifts <laughs> plus a lovely duvet cover um so yeah I'm, right now my my sort of day-to-day is i usually will come in around 10 nice. um and stick around until four, depending on the day. And so during the day, I might, uh, a lot of it's like administrative, paying bills, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure all the displays look the way I want them to look. So I, I have the retail eye or the hands. Right. <clears throat> so I'm always sort of tweaking or micro-correcting. I'm, like I give my staff a lot of autonomy, as I, I sort of said before, not just mm-hmm. at the register, but in general to kind of make decisions. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't give them feedback uh, on the decisions that they've made and say, okay, I, I see why you did X, Y, Z, or tell me why you did X, Y, Z. Right. Here's what I would have done based on the information I have in the future. Right. Um, I'll usually help out on major delivery days just to get things like put away and, and set up. Um, a lot of it's just, you know, accounting, um, right. HR scheduling. I, tr- you know, these days it's counting the money. <laughs> Every nice, Monday, nice. Um, which is like used to be fun to like sit there with a big stack of money, but now is really mm. tedious and, and, and dirty. Like yes, wear gloves for that. Yeah, it's not clean. No, um, definitely not in Bushwick. Uh, <laughs> but you think the money is is dirtier in Bushwick than? Let's see. You opened a shop on the Bowery. 
So mm. that's good. That that's seems fair. comparable in my mind. Think about it. Dirtier money. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to just knowing, knowing some of our customers, I'm going to say, yeah, it's dirtier. Listener, um, listeners, I want you to like tweet at us. I'm not casting aspersions. We're I, at uh, cutting the curd. No, I want to do a poll. Like, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Good question. Bowery versus Bushwick. Which money is dirtier? Maybe it's West Village because it's all that hedge fund money and shit. That's the real yeah. dirty money. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. If we're, if we're getting hot. Like, oh, another host question. What's my swearing? Can I swear? You can totally swear. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't swear a lot. Oddly. I do in real life. Right. No, but I you think do. I you forget. A... I worry. And I don't realize I can swear in here. You're more intimidated by swearing when you have a, a giant microphone immediately yeah. next to your mouth. I think that's a good instinct, but... I'm That's working fair. on it for your next, you know, when you're when you're on um, yeah. Kitchen Sisters or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think I, I'll need it then. Um, so anyway, that's my days. My days are pretty all over the place, but like. They're spent doing design work for our, like, I'm just trying to think of what I did this week. Yeah, what did you do? So um, I think I slept in one day, which was Ooh. great. Um, I, yeah, do I did some deliveries for catering orders. Mm-hmm. I... Um, did a bunch of orders this like cheese orders for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some firing and some hiring. Inevitable, inevitable. Yeah, that was a part big of deal. the job. Uh, it was a holiday on on Monday, so we were extremely busy with mm-hmm. hungover breakfast, uh, brunch <laughs> traffic. So that was I was working the register. Uh, I do love to come in on the weekends. Um, yeah, I've been trying to keep Sunday for my wife and I, but. Uh, and, and that's only a, a pretty recent development. Yeah. Um, Where you totally, you don't go to the store at all on a Sunday. Right. It, it was, it, so for the first two years, two years plus, I went to the store every day. There yeah. was, I just did. Um, yeah. I think we took one very short vacation and the first real vacation we took, uh, as we went to Iceland for five days. And yeah. as soon as I landed, I got a call saying all my refrigerators went down. Oh, no. Oh <laughs> so, my God. I like... It definitely, I've had like many of those situations. Refrigeration is. Uh, it is unbelievable. The, it It's just going to, it's like your nemesis. It's just like, it's like a demon in your home. It just, just seems waiting. like something we should have gotten right over the last hundred years or yeah, so. Like, can't we figure that out? It, it just doesn't work. I, and now I know, like I know, like today, for example, I'm going to have my staff double check the, all the temps on all the cases, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, f- do some resets and things just to make sure everything's Smart. happy. It's a, about 100 degrees out I here. used to have the phone number for a dry ice spot in Hell's Kitchen on my phone. Yeah. When I, I, I know. I've shops. been to that spot. Yeah, it's a great spot. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the only place where you can buy it. By, 24-7 by the... And I think yeah. by the five pound piece. Which, right, instead of the larger pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> from one... Uh, one cheese person to another yeah. yeah um i've been there i've so, done that okay so wait for two years you went every day now you're starting to do now i try sundays to take sundays off. off i do like to go on saturdays and work the register particularly during the lunch rush because mm-hmm. i really not going on sundays I, I i do miss a lot of our like long-term family yeah, customers yeah. your weekend yeah regulars. Um, we get a lot of families huh. uh particularly on the weekends and uh, it's it's always nice to catch up with them. I love working. The, I, I like. I really love working the register. I genuinely yeah. like it. Yeah, um, it's, it's like the you're directing the show. You really and yeah. you get to interact. Yeah, with it's everybody. like expediting a right. little bit. And but I get to see you know I get to see people that that I I don't get to see that often and check in and be like mm-hmm. hey, 
how's the new baby or how's the marriage or how's the divorce or, (laughs) or whatever. Um, the retailer, you get to exercise that like retailer muscle. I get to schmooze. schmooze. The schmooze. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hospitality side of things. And I think people really appreciate it. And I'm glad you're keeping that in your world because I think that even from my experience, opening shops and managing, you can get pulled so far from the front lines of the business that unless you create that space for yourself or prioritize that, I mean, it's one thing to jump in when you're short staffed, but to actually like make it a regular part of what you're doing, I think is, is why that hospitality feeling continues. I think that's true. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely look forward to working the register. Hmm. Um, I, I enjoy it, but yeah. we'll see during the holidays. I expect it'll be more just behind the counter. Yeah. Um, just slinging cheese. Just slinging cheese. Um, and then also it's possible that this new business will, take me away not far away but somewhat away from Mm -hmm. the shop Uh, Mm -hmm. in which case i will maybe be there it's a new business i'm opening nearby my shop that's all i can say for now (laughs) okay mom's the word mom is the word so when do you think about your cheese selection Hmm. i mean i'm an insomniac so mostly in the middle of the night yeah (laughs) but the showers are great yeah Yeah. i listen to podcasts in the shower so (laughs) um I highly recommend it. The Daily. It's oh, good. yeah. That's yeah. my that's my morning podcast while I make my coffee. Yeah. For me, it's I have one of those boom speakers in the shower. It's great. I gotta get one. They're great. Um, not, so you think... Not sponsored, by the okay, way. Okay, yeah. yeah. This is just us. Um, host to host. Toe to toe. Host to host. Toe to cord, cord to something. Cord to um, to shmurd. So... So in the middle of the night, you wake up... Yeah, I... And all, you think about your cheese selection. I do. I mean, in the middle of the night, I wake up and think about everything. Yeah. Um, I don't sleep from like three to six. So. And is that a new thing? Or no, is that... that's been a thing for a mm. long time. Um, but it's, it's certainly... Ha- owning a shop and the stress that accompanies it has not helped that. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, like, finally, the stress... It's funny. In my personal life, like, I feel like as a family, we've just sort of... That it, which by which I mean my wife and I have have and don't you have a dog a, and a lovely dog yeah, yes don't forget Mr. About Todd that. yeah forgive me for not mentioning him <laughs> um, we'll put a picture of him up yeah, as well yeah um, you know we kind of just got to the point as a couple where like we're responsible financial people and like hmm. have our bills paid and all that stuff and like right. we're not necessarily living like immediately check to check right and like as soon as we became adults in that way. Like I immediately to. opened a shop where I have to count every single penny and like dot every I and cross oh, yeah, every T yeah, and make sure everything. And so I feel like we're finally getting to that point in the shop now where like my staff can write a check to a vendor. Um, and not worry. And not be like, Foster, this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. And yeah. like, I mean, I'm not going to Stress wood, relief but, like, there. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and it's a learning curve. It's a, it's a huge learning curve. Like, running the finances of a small business. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, like, I have a lot of respect for people like Harry Rosenblum, who I believe also has a show mm-hmm. uh, on the Heritage Radio Network and his wife, uh, Taylor, for running uh, The Broken Kitchen and, and how challenging, yeah, just how challenging that is and how stressful it is. Do you have any kind of mentor in your life or way to sort of bounce those financial ideas off of someone who has more of a financial background? I'm in the market. Ah. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I, we have a cheese shop owners Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it could be more useful. I think, hmm. um, I think we all are just like, how do we do this? And everyone's right. like, I do it this way. And, but I don't think it's the right way. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I mean, that kind of a, uh, 
camaraderie alone is the camaraderie totally is great and, and at least you know even if you're just able to bitch and be like right. Ugh, today sucked like everything went terrible right other people mm. understand your troubles especially yeah. when you're at the top it's lonely it is and you can't necessarily share that information like if if shit is fucked right you can't necessarily share it with say your vendors or right or, uh, your, staff. or your customers or your staff there's very if, few people and like you know you don't necessarily want to take it home with you. So there's not right. a lot of venues to, to, right. to share that. So it is, it is really useful to have. I'm of the mind that like, I'm extremely, I mean, even just obviously in this conversation, like I'm very open with the finances of our shop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we weren't making money for a long time and now we were, that's pretty typical for a business in New York. Right. But, um, I'm always, I believe like a rising tide floats all boats. And I also believe that there's no reason. I think it's, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I think it's stupid Oh, I like this. For uh, owners of shops to solve the same problems that other owners of shops have already solved. Right. It's a waste of everyone's time. Right. Like, we should all stand on each other's shoulders. and we There would... needs to be a bit of a centralized brain in the sense of, like, yeah. there's the same problems. And the more people you have sharing how they're dealing with them, the better the solutions are going to be. It just seems like hazing otherwise. Like, oh, th- this person needs to pay their dues by failing... Right. And if they, you know, if they make it through, maybe then I'll share some kernels of wisdom. I, right. I, I 100% don't subscribe to that. Right. And I, I think it's also, I, I referenced the, the last show that I did with Andy Hatch a lot. I've been referencing it a lot since then because Andy had so many nuggets, golden nuggets of wisdom. And one of the nuggets that he had was about how unique it is to the cheese industry that we, that we have a lot of people who do a job one way, one place, and then just go and do the same exact thing another in another place. And that there's not that much... Variation. Variation, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I'll contrast that with, say, butchers. Okay. So, Ooh, employing butchers. Like, I don't butcher know shops, anything about butchers. They don't share info. They don't share pricing. Uh, um, they, they keep it close to the chest. They do. They don't share recipes. None of that stuff. Huh. It's very And it's very much like... You know, we made it like, you know, good luck, good luck. Or yeah. I hope you fail. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you with the annual holiday party and we can all sneer at each other. Interesting. Um, it's very, you know, it's very much like that. So um, have your butchers and and I know that when you opened, you were your butcher was sort of a partner of the business in a way or we one tried, of your yeah, lead on the way to opening. Folks. I like uh, I tried to set up a situation where our first butcher would be a partner in the business and mm-hmm. she ended up dropping out of the business right before it opened which was stressful stressful at the time but, but seems like you've stressful bounced time but ultimately back. totally great yeah totally fine good ultimately yeah and so how are your is your like butchering team how do they it is since it sounds like that world is different from the one you've created in the shop how are they reacting to it like are they sort of surprised by the approach they, def- they definitely i think don't necessarily know how to read me mm. um like <laughs> i have a new butcher and we sat down today and i was like here's how i see this you know looking over the next three months and this is what i think we could do this is the strategy i think we could take mm-hmm. but very like open and being like what do you think yeah what do you think and he's like well we could make x y or z and i was like great make all three and we'll see which works and he's just like oh uh, okay great um and my mind is like let's uh, you know there's as long as our finances allow us to do this and i think some stores will get into a situation where you're so 
your hands are so tied behind your back that it's hard to be creative. It's hard to be creative. Yeah. And then you, it, it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. Um, and we're not in that position. And I, and I like, I would much rather like, you know, if we can pay our bills every month, that's fine. We don't right. need to be profitable every single month. Right. Um, and I'm sure we're not. Um, but like if we continue to try stuff and see what works, ultimately I think we'll be fortunate enough and, and to hit on something. Hmm. And if we're not, then it wasn't meant to be. But if, if, if we don't try, um, hmm. I don't really see the point. It's also boring. Totally boring. And at the end of the day, cheese should be fun. Yeah, cheese should be fun. Cheese is fun. It is. And it's, and like we've, we've done all sorts of different things. We've merged the case. We've, we move things around. I'm, I'm constantly experimenting. Um, that's great. And then I'm also like browbeating. Like I, you know, one of my pet peeves is I hate seeing a mop thread on the floor <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> it just drives Ew, me mop nuts. Thread. Yeah. It's a terrible phrase. Ugh. And yet every day, every, not every day, but almost every day, like I'll catch one because my eyes oh, go before they find them Yeah, and I'll grab the nearest employee and be like, see that? This is my pet peeve. I don't want to see it. I've had this pet peeve. And one day... You know, I finally stopped twitching when there isn't music playing in a store. Oh, that's another one. I mean, I used to not... I used to not be able to physically handle that. I walked into my shop uh, six months ago and uh, it was like 9 a.m., 8.45 a.m. And Deanne Ward was playing. Mm -hmm. And I was just like... (laughs) This is not what people want to hear before their <laughs> coffee in the morning, or or arguably ever. But I'm, but certainly not. Yeah, not my early morning choice. No, I'll leave that at not that. Not even in this neighborhood. So, wow. I know. I feel like we have so much more to cover. I and know yet, the and yet. the show has is coming to an end here. We are finished with our session. We should do our a two oh one. Like, uh, oh yeah, we'll well. Yeah. When we're when we uh, when we have forgotten to line up guests, <laughs> right. Aaron and I will be back together in the studio. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen on this show. No, we never forget. Never. I can't actually. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's pretty early for me. But uh, okay, one. Let's get meta here. And you already mentioned the daily, which is a podcast we both love, and we share that love. What's another of your favorite podcasts since you're joining the team here? So one of I'm our really fond of hosts? cutting the curd. Okay, uh, well on the done. Heritage Radio Network. Well done. Okay, um, it's okay to say something else. <laughs> oh God, I really I feel like I have to take out my phone. Um, my. F- favorite podcasts are or just a- i love listening to the illusionist Ooh, the illusionist is, that's a-l-l-u okay um it is uh just about the nuances of language hmm. with uh, helen zaltzman is the uh is the host she's excellent okay um they usually pick us you know a short topic the last one i listened to was about um I guess what could be called nominative determinism or people with yes. strange names yes. and what it's and what like, it does, what, what it does to them do and, in their life. Yes. Oh, I like this. Um, that was super cool. Uh, I really like inner time, which is a British mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. that picks random historical or scientific things and just goes deep on them with three like Oxbridge, uh, educated, uh, professors hmm, sounds um, geeky and fun it's very geeky it's great also for nap time ah um okay. that's one that, uh, i have a napping podcast and actually this might help your your insomnia now no shade on this podcast because i actually love it but i find that on being is so soothing oh yeah, on being that when i wake up in the middle of the night i just listen and i kind of drift off into into spiritual i just can't have it on when i drive no no <laughs> don't right do that. out well now it sends me into a narcoleptic fit basically right. so i gotta be really careful i will it. say that the one thing as and I, this this is a, a secret shop owner thing um is 
napping as an insomniac and as someone who doesn't function that well in the late afternoon naps help now now that i can nap yeah i had initially like tried to put a couch in my office and it didn't work i knew i would need this but now i like (laughs) i can go home at four or five yeah and take a nap until 6 30 and then work until my wife gets home and cook dinner wow and it's like it's great that's great that's a really nice i would be a non-functional human if i didn't do that yeah okay well here's to the nap yeah, with you. So that's the real. The thing is, this is the you, you haven't really succeeded, right? <laughs> you, you might be profitable. You might be taking home a paycheck, but if you can't nap <laughs> in the middle of the day or then the late, you know, something during wrong, banking folks. hours, okay, listeners, you haven't truly made it. You know what? On that note, you know, for all of you think, contemplating bar- embarking on your own endeavor, yeah. take this as one of your benchmarks for success. Right. You won't nap for the first three years, but afterwards, <laughs> golden, wonderful. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. Yeah, I feel like anyone that makes me sound a little douchey, but it's, it, I promise it's... I think it's great. Okay. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to Cutting the Curd whenever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We don't want you to miss out on all the cheesy fun. So we love hearing from you as well. Know that you can always email us at cuttingthecurd at heritageradionetwork.org or tweet us at cuttingthecurd. Let us know what you want to learn about cheese, what you're loving, or just say hi. Um, We'll be back next week with more from the cheese world. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. I've been so rude. I've been so rude. I've been so rude.